Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, Dr. Ross Green here. Welcome to another edition of Helping Behaviorally Challenging Students. Coming to you, as always, live from the offices of Lives in the Balance here in Portland, Maine. Um, Welcome to today's program. We are going to be visiting with our good friends at Anytown Elementary again today, doing something that we did last week, and I liked it. I think it's uh, very helpful and educational to folks to hear um, both Plan B and the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems being used, um, and then to hear feedback being given. So I hope you're finding that to be useful. And luckily, the folks at any town are um, making recordings and making them available to us with permission, of course, from those who are being recorded. Um, Looks like our friends at any town are not quite uh, on the air yet, and so what I'm going to do is respond to an email question that I received, and then um, when the any town folks come on, by golly, we will go straight to them and listen to a recording of another assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems that they recorded. But here's an email first. Hi, Dr. Green. I'm a school counselor helping teachers use Plan B with students in their elementary classrooms. What if a child has an unsolved problem identified by more than one teacher, for example, specialists, art, music, gym, etc.? Does each teacher have a Plan B conversation with the child identifying the same unsolved problem? Or can one teacher represent all the teachers and suggest a plan that can be used not only with her, but with four other teachers as well? Many thanks. Um, you're welcome. And let me just alert our friends at any town that I'm going to respond to that question and then bring you all on the air. This uh, won't take too long. Um, well, it'd be interesting to know what the unsolved problem is. But let's say the unsolved problem is something like difficulty um, getting into line at the end of the class. Or let's say the unsolved problem is difficulty completing work in the class, which would be too vague. Or the unsolved problem is difficulty getting along with others in the class, also too vague. Um, We're going to operate on the assumption that the reason the kid is having difficulty standing in line after art is different than the reason the kid is having difficulty standing in line after music, which is different than the reason the kid is having difficulty standing in line in gym. In which case, the solution is likely to be different since what's getting in the way in each of those three scenarios, even though they share the common thread of having difficulty standing in line, the solution would be different if the concerns related to it happening in those three different scenarios are different. We're going to operate on the assumption that difficulty completing work in art 
is for different reasons, different factors than difficulty completing work in music, which is different than difficulty completing work in gym. Now, and therefore the solution to each of those three unsolved problems will be different. So yes, they are separate unsolved problems, and I wouldn't therefore expect the solution that we arrive at for difficulty, for example, getting along with others in art is going to be the same as the solution to difficulty getting along with others in music because I'm going to operate on the assumption that the concerns are different and that therefore the solutions that address those concerns would be different. Could we come to find out later, and this is what I call splitting early and possibly clumping later. It is far preferable to clumping early and then trying to split later. Could we find out that actually the reason the kid is having difficulty standing in line at the end of art is exactly the same as the reason he's having difficulty standing in line at the end of music, which is completely identical to the difficulty standing in line at the end of gym? Could that happen? Yeah. And how are we going to find out about that? Not by clumping them early, but by finding out about why he's having difficulty standing in line in art and art alone, and then asking if it's the same factors that are making it difficult for the child to stand in line at the end of music. Split early, clump later. Do you need to be solving that unsolved problem simultaneously in all of the environments in which it's occurring? No, you could just pick one and then see to what degree it relates to the others, and then you'll know if you have, well, a whole bunch of other unsolved problems to be working on. I hope that that answered the question. How are you, Anytown? We're fine, thank you. Hello. I'm glad you all are with us again today. I'm very appreciative that you all are doing this. This is this this is in the bravery department. I hope you know that. <laughs> um, do you want to tell us a little bit without? Uh, well, first of all, any things come up? We're going to listen to some of your recording using the ALSEP again today. Um, I must confess I've only listened to about two minutes of it because that's all the time I had to listen, so this will be an adventure for me as well, but we'll probably listen to 10, 12, 15 <laughs> minutes of it, and then we will talk about what we hear. But is there anything you all want to cover today besides that? Oh, uh, I think uh, I think you probably already know this, but... Uh, the the parent of this child was part of the ALSEP. And I, I, I know that you've said in other situations that sometimes that might stop people from speaking freely about the situation, but um, we thought that it, it probably wouldn't in this situation, and uh, it just seemed like the right thing to do. We're going to go with your judgment on that. There's not a sort of outright prohibition on including parents in the initial meeting just um, caution that including people outside the building in the first ALSEP meeting could make it harder for people to speak freely in the meeting. But 
We don't have an outright prohibition on that, nor we don't have an outright prohibition on anything related to the model. Um, just some guidelines, and um, it sounded to me like it actually the, the little bit that I listened to was going well. So apparently, you made the right call. Did, yeah, did, let me ask this: okay, to the degree that you can speak freely about this, did you feel that having the parent in the meeting? created any difficulties, made it harder for people to speak freely, um, made people choose their words more carefully so as to not offend anybody's sensibilities. Did any of those things happen? No, I don't think so. I think um, we have a good relationship with the mom, and I think it was helpful to have her there. And it let her see what we were doing and how we were approaching this. In, in that respect, it can be extremely productive. Um, you know, often I'm asked the question, uh, how do you get parents on board with this model if you're using it in schools? And the answer is, show them how it's done. Mm-hmm. Invite them in. Yeah, I think the, the parent was... Um quite amazed at how much energy the teacher was putting into her child. (laughs) Hey, um, using this model is only going to, well, this is not always true. I was about to make a false statement. Certainly, um, in general, nothing's always true. In general, parents are extremely appreciative that a school is willing to take a fresh look at what's getting in the way for their child and a fresh look at how they've been going about trying to help the child, especially if the parent wasn't finding the ways that the school had been trying to help to be all that helpful. Yes. Now there you are don't usually lose you don't usually lose brownie points for using this model. <laughs> no. They're they're um it, Unfortunately, I think in many situations we could not have the the, the parent there because um, uh, they've got their own difficulties and it would be just too much to be invited to a meeting like that. Got it. Do you want to tell us anything about this meeting further besides that the parent was included before we take a little bit of a listen? Um, well, we could talk about the background of the child, but uh, I don't know if that would be helpful or not. I don't think it would hurt, and just make sure that you're telling us stuff that won't necessarily identify the child in any way. Um, nobody knows where any town elementary is, so we're probably okay there. But, um, yeah, go for it. The student has been with us for four years and struggles or has difficulty in um, many areas, but has also made great strides as well. He has an amazing teacher who is also using this approach, and I think it's going well, and he responds to it well. I think in the beginning of the year, the, the teacher, unfortunately, she, she can't be here right now because she has another meeting to go to, but um, 
she was saying that uh, this child was having a, a lot more difficulty at the beginning of the year, but as the routines become became more established, he he's responded well. Uh, although he continues to have difficulty with anything that's unusual or ambiguous, but because the class is, is very, the routines are very well established, it minimizes that. Anything else you want to tell us about this guy before we take a listen? Uh, perhaps just that he's in grade three in the third grade. Third grader. Shall we listen? Eight-year-old third grader. We're going to listen to, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 minutes of it, and then we'll give you a little feedback on how you did. Great. Sound like a plan? Fire away. And once again, since I haven't sliced and diced this thing, and since I'll be listening to it for the first time as well, and this is, quite frankly, not so unusual in terms of me giving people feedback, it's... uh, um, we're going to listen for 10, 12, 15 minutes. I'm going to mute myself and you all, and then we'll come back when I finish doing the, uh, playing it for you. Good? Sounds okay. great. Now we need only one other thing to happen, and that is for the technology to work. If it doesn't, I will unmute you rather quickly. So, <laughs> so, so when, when uh, you mute us, will we be able to hear it on the yeah. phone? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we just won't be able to hear you. I just don't want you all to have to worry about background noise in your room. Okay. And you can say anything you want about me in those 10, 12, 15 minutes, and I won't be the wiser. Good? Yep. Here we go. Let's see if it works. Okay. Okay. Okay, so we're going to stick to being, having really specific examples. Examples. Right. And many examples. Okay. So, um, Alan has difficulty, does he have difficulty handling transition shifting from one mindset or task to another? Um, it depends on the day. I mean, there are definitely instances mm-hmm. where, especially if it's a desired activity that he doesn't want, if he's not finished something and he wants to be doing it, or I've noticed just as much if it's something that he struggled with and then he starts to understand it, he wants to keep doing it. Okay. Or if there's an end to the page, he needs to finish yeah. to the page or if everybody else has finished to the end. Okay. Can you can you uh, okay. can you say a specific well, time that happened? All, all, all those four are good. Okay. We, we should probably Guess do them all, eh? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. What was the first one I said? Uh, I remember the end of the page was one of them. Okay, so last one, at the end of the page. Any assignment that has a finish, like if there's six questions to do and the class is doing six questions, and if he's done three and you say, that's okay, we can continue on later and we'll finish those this afternoon, mm-hmm. can I finish, finish them before I have my lunch? Okay. Right? And he yeah. will want to sit there and get it done, and he'll do it, and then he'll be fine to go on for lunch. But it would be um, hard for him. Mm-hmm. And he would definitely push back if you wanted him to stop that if he knew that other people had finished or if that was the expectation for the assignment. So if it's just he has difficulty stopping when the task isn't finished. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And okay. other people have finished. If the whole class is stopping, it seems to be okay. Okay. But if um, other people have finished um, and you ask him to stop, then it would be challenging okay. for him. Okay. Okay, so I've got difficulty stopping when the task isn't finished? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then you said he had difficulty stopping 
if he struggles and then yeah. understands that he wants to keep going. Yeah. To and mostly math would come to mind with that. Like if it's a concept that he struggled with, like subtraction with regrouping or something, mm-hmm. or subtraction with borrowing, and then he's worked at it and we've worked together and then he understands it and he's done a couple of questions, if you said, you know, that's enough for today or let's go on to something else, no. He's got it. He's proud of himself. He wants to finish it. Okay. It, it sounds very similar to the one we just talked about. But is it different? Well, it's just he struggled first. Struggled first. Yeah. Okay. So and when he then he, 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 he struggled and then understood got the concept. Yeah. Proud. Once he got the concept, he wanted to, to keep, keep going. going. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we well, want to keep on going. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So difficulty stopping when the task doesn't yeah. finish. This is, that sounds yeah. kind of similar. Okay. Yeah. Well, but, and but, but, but again, uh, we, we, we'd have to specify what the task is right. in the situation. So, and you said math. Subtraction with borrowing. That would subtraction be Subtraction with borrowing? Okay. okay. I mean, it could be. I could name off 20 of them. Sure. But right. that was one that yeah. came to mind because it was a struggle for him, and then he did understand it, and right. he was so proud and oh, wanted yeah. to yeah. do it all day. <laughs> yeah. Yes, okay. Good. Oh, okay. So difficulty uh, stopping when the subtraction with borrowing isn't finished. And then you talked about a preferred task. Preferred task. If it's something that he really is enjoying doing, like mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. even something like indirected drawing, if he's not quite done drawing or coloring the car that he's drawn, it would be really hard for them to put that away and start the afternoon activities. Oh, okay. One day a week they get directed drawing instead of silent reading because they have to follow the steps in the book to draw the picture. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And he, at the start of the year, didn't like that because it was challenging for him to follow the steps and to make his car look like the car in the book. And now mm-hmm. he's gotten quite good at it. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, loves cars and monster trucks. So of we have course. both of those books. And um, it, it's hard for him to not finish that activity. Okay. So he has difficulty stopping a preferred task. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to be specific. Yeah, yeah. So, so he has difficulty stopping direct drawing oh. when it's time to sign it. No, when it's time to. It's just it's usually social studies and science. Do then. social studies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not that he doesn't like the social studies and science. It's that he wants that is not done yet. And he wants the car finished okay. and colored. And so cool. difficulty. <laughs> yeah, and I've got <laughs> them in the house. So I've got done quite a little drawing. Yeah, yeah. So difficulty stopping drawing when time to do social studies? Yes. Okay. Okay. And, and the reason we're making this specific because this leads into the question that you asked. Yep. About. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, actually, I just, we were just saying this morning that I fi- actually find it easier just to write down the question that yeah. we're going to ask. <laughs> yes. But... We'll try. Anyway, good. Can you think of some more um, instances? Yeah, you had a bunch of them. Oh, I have, oh, I mean, and I'm doing this based on the markets that I see now. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking Alan, Alan? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that I see now. Um, these are on a day-to-day basis, not sure. at the silly times and not at the times where he's struggling. This is just on a daily basis what we see with this kid. Right, right. Um, I mean, it can be anything. It can be when it's time to switch from the warm-up to a different activity in PE. Mm-hmm. It can be... Mm-hmm. So he has difficulty switching from the warm-up yeah. to the activity during PE. Yeah. Or just oh. one thing to the next. Mm-hmm. And Okay. To activity and PE. Okay. Yeah. Can I think of more? Well, I just... I mean, and mm-hmm. shifting activities also if he has a question about what the next activity is going to be. He won't switch to that activity unless his question's answered. 
give me an example. Like, um, if we're finishing off language arts activity and we're going to gym, mm -hmm. then it will be the end of language arts. But he can't quite put the books away and finish off the language arts activity until he knows what he can expect in PE. So he knows what we're playing or what oh. we're going to, are we going inside or outside, mm -hmm. something like that. Like he's got there has to be a little bit of overlap where he knows what he's going into. He's transitioning himself there, but he's mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. making them they have to overlap a little bit. Mm -hmm. So he has difficulty, like if it was changing from art, that was language arts, or so language morning, arts, yeah. to PE, like if he doesn't know the activity in PE. Yeah. So like I would say, okay, everybody put your yellow books away, sit down at your desk, we're going to get ready to go for gym now. Mm -hmm. He would go from the table he was working at to me at my desk with his book in his hand and ask what we're going to do for gym that day. Mm -hmm. And I would say to him something like, you know, I'll, I'm waiting for everybody to be sitting in their desk and I'll tell the whole class at once. That's hard. Like that, mm -hmm. that he would, it would be, he wants to know what's going on. Right, okay. So I've got, and with, yeah, yeah, good. No, it's just, yeah. like he himself is trying to transition and I think that's just, he's mm -hmm. just getting himself ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? So difficulty changing from LA to language arts to gym if he doesn't know what to expect in yeah. gym. Yeah. Okay. And a as you may have noticed, these are really simple. Yeah. They're very simple. Yeah, absolutely. It's so that when we start off, um, there's no implied criticism in it for them to get reactive with. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, no. And believe me, he'll get reactive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you think of some more? Um. I mean, it's specific examples. Um, actually, a huge one is changing from um, recess or lunch back mm -hmm. into the classroom activity. Okay. So if there's been any kind of okay. an issue outside there, it pretty much needs to get resolved before he could transition into class activities. And even just um, a lot of times if he's seen his brother out there too. Like if anything, transitioning from a recess or a lunch where it's kind of a free play activity into classroom, that's where I would see in the day a shift in behavior with him. Okay. Even if he'd been on track in the morning and then mm -hmm. something happened then, he might come in either really silly or not his happy self or kind of blue if mm -hmm. something had happened there. Mm -hmm. Like that would be hard for him. Oh, okay. So he has difficulty shifting from, from recess or lunch back to class activity? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, you've done really well. You've come <laughs> up with, like, that's a lot for just transitions alone. <laughs> so should we go on to the next one? Sure. So difficulty mm -hmm. doing things in a logical sequence or prescribed order. Our whole class is functions on routines. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, he has so many reminders in class. I'm not sure if he's got an issue with it because if, he's, if there's more than one step, then it's written on the board, number one, number two, number three, number four. And he will want validation at the end of each one of those steps. Like, I finished this one, and all mm -hmm. it takes is a quick, okay, you're done that one, go on to number two. Or what's number two? Can you tell me what you're going to do next? Can follow those, but on his own, he mm -hmm. likes the validation that one's done before. Mm -hmm. Right? So yeah. mm -hmm. it's not an issue. It's not a in problem. Your, in your it's not classroom, an it's not an issue. No, yeah. because, I mean, it's laid out there. We have a shape of the day, so he knows what's coming next mm -hmm. in terms of what the subject area is. Mm -hmm. If there's more than one set of instructions, they're written on the board in one, two, three, four order. Mm -hmm. And the whole more, a lot of it just functions on routine anyways. Yeah. Going from, you know, come in, planners out on desk, homework out on desk, mm -hmm. they get stamped. 
when they're stamped, then you meet me at the carpet. We do our carpet morning activities. The last thing they do on carpet is get the next clue for the day that they go and they go back to their desk and write their guests on their little piece of paper. Mm-hmm. From there, Marcus then picks up his yellow book and he goes into the hallway to do some work with Mrs. Peterson for half an hour. Mm-hmm. From there, he transitions and he goes to work with Miss Orr for half an hour and then it's Risa. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the routine and it's not an issue because he knows that's the routine mm-hmm. now. Right. Yeah. We did have to learn the routine and give mm-hmm. reminders about it at the start, but now, I mean, he's the first kid out there. He knows mm-hmm. what comes next and he can follow that. Okay. So it's that's great. He's not like he's in the perfect place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he we go on routine. He's a, he's a routine kid. So okay. That's, that's even how he does his day. Okay. And, and he's comfortable. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a comfort level for him is yeah. know what's expected, mm-hmm. know what yep. comes next, and then mm-hmm. that's a real big comfort zone for him. Mm-hmm. Difficulty persisting on challenging or tedious tasks? Sometimes definitely, sometimes not at all. Hmm. Is it an issue? Um, it can be. Okay. If he finds something really difficult, then um, he'll close the book. He In class, he won't have any kind of an explosive reaction like um, throwing the book on the floor or anything. He would just close the book up and put the book in his desk and go on. He would choose something normally quiet, not bothering other people, mm-hmm. but just something that is not what he's supposed to be finishing up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you would say, okay, can you bring, you know, did you finish it up? Can you bring it to me? Yeah, I finished it up. Okay, let's see it. And then it's, well, maybe I didn't understand, right? So then he'll bring it out. And then we'll work on it together. Mm-hmm. And he's more than willing to have some extra help and appreciates the extra help. Mm-hmm. And we'll work through it usually with you together as long mm-hmm. as he's in that good frame of mind, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you think of a specific time when that happens? Um, usually writing activity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, where writing is the written output is challenging sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he's got to um, okay, like doing we were doing what was it? At New Year's they did a 2013 like for the different numbers they had to write four sentences about things that they'd done on their vacation and. He'd already, we'd done the draft copy together and then they were doing the good copy and so it was taking the sentences that he'd already written and writing it onto the good copy and um, didn't want to do it. It was hard for him to take, whether he didn't want to do it or it was challenging, I still haven't quite figured out, Mm -hmm. but it was a major, wasn't happening, like Mm -hmm. head down on the desk, I'm not doing it, covered Mm -hmm. it up, hid it in his desk and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But with Marcus, sometimes it's, it's mm-hmm. just a little, it'll be a gimmick. Like we found a pencil that was in the shape of a triangle and that was a special good copy pencil, more than willing to do it then. Oh. Right, so if you can find some little special thing or a little rhyme that goes along with it or mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. he can quickly get turned around. Mm. So is there is there a pattern to this, uh, the, the difficulty that you're talking about right now? So, so the, the specific one was... Uh, going from the draft to the finish. Right. Uh, is that part of a bigger pattern or is that sort of a one-off? Um, it'll be going from, so that's an example. And another example would be like answering, if we're doing a little reading comprehension activity, if he has, has to answer in a full sentence. Okay. He'll know the answer, and but uh-huh. we're trying to, you know, putting part of the question mm-hmm. into the answer, part, practicing our sentences, the so capitals mm-hmm, and periods. Mm-hmm. He'll want to write the one word, and that is kind of the answer to the question, but if we were looking for in full sentence answers, it's tough. Mm-hmm. And it'll be, you know, we'll go through why is it difficult, you know, what are you feeling then? It'll be sometimes as simple as there's not enough space on the page. 
So then we together come up with a solution. Okay, so we can write it on another page or slow it up and put another line on there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes his answer just is, I just don't want to. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And fair enough. You know, the, mm-hmm. uh, you have a reason for the mm-hmm. behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, you're telling me what the challenge is for you, but that would right. be another one. So I'm just thinking, like we've said, if, if, if we want to have a conversation like this, it's, it's best to pick ones that are uh, kind of um, persistent or, or predictable. Yeah, like that would be one. Yeah. Would that be one of them? Yeah. Like okay, so yeah. let's, let's do that one. So, sure. uh, difficulty answering in complete sentences. Yeah. Okay. During your reading comprehension activity. Okay. There we go. There's specific for you. Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, d- during what kind of comprehension? Reading comprehension. Reading comprehension. Okay. And that's, as you're saying, that's that's predictable. Yep. yep. If it happens, if you ask him to do that tomorrow, he'd have difficulty with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Great. Hello again, Anytown. Hi. Hello. We wondered if you wanted to know maybe what some of the behaviors that we're seeing in class with Ellen, the reasons why we actually did the ALSOP. Is that something you're interested in knowing? Um, If you want to tell me, I must say, what behavior the kid exhibits when he's looking bad is not usually of high interest unless it's unsafe. But why don't you tell us, and then I'll give you some feedback. And by the way, I'll give you some early feedback. That was um, in a completely different universe than the first one we listened to. It was <laughs> really quite good. Oh, great. Are you surprised? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But do you want to tell us about his behaviors in response to these unsolved problems? Yes. Go ahead. Um, He will roll around on the floor. He'll push his work off the desk onto the floor. He'll cross his arms and stamp his feet and make a pouty face and just say, I'm not doing it. Um, One of the ones that we talk about later is where he will persistently uh, take a badminton racket and rocket rocks into very unsafe places. Uh, And he has a lot of difficulty stopping that behavior. Okay. So I must say, um, much as those behaviors are objectionable, if this matters, he is still falling at the mild to mild moderate end of what I call the spectrum of looking bad. Okay. Um, and that's good. He's not hitting. He's not running out of the school and into the street. He's not doing a lot of the things that could be a little bit more severe. But truth is... Um, if he was doing things that were further down the spectrum of looking bad in the wrong direction, um, all of those worst things could be in response to these exact same unsolved problems. It's just that he, you know, rollers roll and um, powders pout. And he's a roller powder. Um, (laughs) We have lots of children that hit and run out into the street. But their parents... um, um, 
would have difficulty signing a consent form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got it. Okay, well, uh, maybe someday. Um, yeah. So the interesting thing is that's why I'm not, in, unless something's unsafe, in which case I'd like to know how extreme the student can get, um, I'm much more interested in the unsolved problems and in making sure that they are as specific as possible. And by golly, you guys made these way more specific than the ALSIP we listened to last week. So very well done. Um, let me be a little bit more specific about that. Um, but, the, but the main feedback on this one, is the meeting had a very nice flow to it. Um, it was collegial. Um, but the most important feedback is you took things that started out as relatively vague, um, and there was still some theorizing going on in the meeting, but um, you took the theorizing and you made them into specific unsolved problems, and that is not so easily done, but this is a very good model for other schools of what it's supposed to sound like. Um, so here's a few uh, here's a few more specific comments. First of all, very good job of wording the unsolved problems beginning with the word difficulty. And I was writing these down as we went. Uh, you st uh, it got a little bit more specific with difficulty stopping when the task isn't finished. And what I wrote down was that could be more specific, but you all noticed that it could be more specific before I had a chance to tell you <laughs> that it was more needed to be more specific. And you made it more specific um, and made it specific to a uh, very more a much more precise situation. Difficulty stopping a preferred task would not be specific enough, and you didn't wait for me to tell you that it wasn't specific enough. You noticed on your own, and what you did to make it more specific was you added information related to who and or what and or where when, but you caught yourselves, and here's how that one ended up. Difficulty stopping when it's time stopping drawing think that's what my handwriting says. I was writing fast. When it's time for social studies. That is a very specific unsolved problem. So what went on in this meeting is you all actively uh, struggled against and were successful in struggling against the tendency to try to clump and to try to um, generalize. And why is it important to do that? Well, you talked about it in the meeting. There's a few reasons it's important to do that. First of all, as I mentioned at the very beginning of the program in response to the email question that I received, um, yes, it could be that he's having difficulty stopping drawing under a variety of circumstances. But we're going to operate under the assumption that he's having difficulty stopping drawing for different reasons under each of those circumstances. Worst case scenario, we're wrong. We probably aren't wrong. But if we just run with the unsolved problem of difficulty stopping um, a preferred task, here, first of all, that's an adult theory. It is frequently disproved, by the way. But 
here's how it would sound in the empathy step, because the unsolved problem is going to translate directly into how we word it when we introduce the unsolved problem to the student in the empathy step, and here's what it would sound like. I've noticed that you're having difficulties stopping a preferred task. What's up? And we have just greatly heightened the likelihood of the kid looking at us and saying, I don't know, or saying nothing at all. So as I mentioned in that very beginning of the program, we're going to split early, which you guys did, and we'll find out if there are themes or patterns or similarities among the different unsolved problems later but we are going to greatly increase the likelihood that the kid can provide us with useful information and participate in the process if we're splitting early. Very good job. Are, are, can you handle more positive feedback? <laughs> no, no, no. Here's, <laughs> here's more. Excellent job of not moving on to the next lagging skill just because you got one unsolved problem for that lagging skill. You want to exhaust the lagging skill and come up, if there are four or five unsolved problems associated with a given lagging skill, fantastic. And you guys did a great job of that. Here's a specific one. Difficulty shifting from language arts to P.E., if he doesn't know the activity in PE. Now, my only question on that one, what I would say in response to that one, is how sure are we? And she sounded pretty sure. How sure are we that it's because he doesn't know what activity is in PE? If we're yeah, not we sure. Yeah, in retrospect, that, that's a theory. Ah, good to know. Plus, you can, so you can leave it off. And, and it had theory written all over it, but what I'm often asking reporters is, how sure are you? And the minute they say, well, not exactly sure, then we know it's a theory and we can leave it off, in which case the unsolved problem would be difficulty shifting from language arts to PE. But you found that it was a theory because that's not always what it was, correct? Well, we don't know, actually. <laughs> Even though. I was just curious about how you did. Oh, you you didn't. So you don't have um, evidence that it was a theory. You've just come to the conclusion that it was a theory. Yes, the the latter. Got yeah. it. Okay. I, I mean, I would always ask, how sure are you that that's the issue? And if the person says not sure, then I know it's a theory. If this person says I'm, I'm sure, my next question is really has he has he said that or is that an observation? If the student has said it, I'm a little bit more secure in believing that it's not a theory. If the adult has observed it, I'm not quite as secure. I might run with it anyways. Of course, what's the danger in including a theory in an unsolved problem? You've just given the kid who you really want to have be providing you with information and who you really want to have talking to you one more thing to think about. And you've actually kind of already told him what he was going to tell you. So if you're not 100% certain, 98% certain, that it's not a theory, I'd leave it off. And there was still some theorizing going on in the meeting. I wrote down a few of them. He likes the validation is a theory. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now what else did I write here? We're depending on me writing, reading my own handwriting here. 
Um, if a lagging skill, oh, if a lagging skill sometimes applies, and you guys did this well, check it off. So if, if, if the lagging skill is red and the person or persons who are reporting say, well, sometimes true, sometimes true, close enough, check it off, and now comes the unsolved problem part. Tell us about the sometimes, which you all did. So after you decide that it's a yes, you're asking the question, as you did, when? Or, as you did, asking something even more specific than that, this is a direct quote, can you think of a specific time when that happens? Perfect. More positive feedback? (laughs) Here we go. Uh, Hold on, let me see if I can read my writing here. Ah, <laughs> this is funny. The person who was reporting, is the person who was re- doing most of the talking in the meeting on on the line with us now? Yes. Uh, no, no, she's not. Good, no, I won't, I won't. She's, she's unfortunately had to go to another meeting, yeah. I see. So she's not with us. I, I didn't want to refer to somebody who is on the call with us right now as sort of a different person. But here we go. She said, I still haven't quite figured it out. Well, that's... um. That's exactly right, because it's not the goal to figure it out. It's certainly not the goal of this meeting to figure it out. Uh, The goal is to figure it out when we get to the empathy step of plan B. That's where we'll be gathering the information. That's where we'll be figuring it out. So here's the interesting thing. You You can cut a lot of time out of this meeting and have that time available to devote to getting really specific about the wording of the unsolved problem if you're not trying spending time trying to figure it out. You don't you don't gotta figure out why something's happening. The goal of this meeting is to be very specific about unsolved problems and to be very specific about what skills the child is lacking, which you all did. Fantastic. One piece of critical feedback, just because, uh, just because I should say this, I'm not sure it's the goal to look for more general patterns. I'm satisfied with a specific unsolved problem. I think we want to be careful about suggesting to people that they should look for general patterns. I think that our goal is to ask if there are other specific situations in which it's happening. General patterns tend to take us away from specific unsolved problems, so you want to be careful of that. But let's end on some more positive feedback. I'm hoping, and then I want to hear from you because I'm I'm going on too long here and we only have about two minutes left. Um, I'm hoping you all are experiencing how helpful it is, although it can be challenging, but it does help you be a lot more specific to start those unsolved problems with the word difficulty and to do it right there in the meeting. There's my feedback. You all did a great job, such a great job, that I think we're ready to listen to you trying to do a plan B the next time you send me a recording. <laughs> we'll see if we can do one this week. <laughs> yeah, that was not great. an attempt at... Good, because we're we're you're, we're good to go with you next week if you want the slot. I was not saying that to to to, to elicit laughter. 
you guys are ready. <laughs> well, well, do you we'll have do any? Best. We'll do our best and see what happens. Uh, Good. Do you have any comments? Do you have any comments on the feedback? Um, it was helpful. Yeah. Because we were taking the uh, points you gave us last time and trying to make sure we fit that into this time, and it sounds like maybe we did. Yeah. I know that after Not just last, maybe. After last time, the the group of us that were sitting in here were going, okay, that's what we should be doing now, okay. And I know that this time people were really thinking about it, so I think it made a huge difference. Good, and that's the way it's supposed to go. And here's the cool part. You just helped a bunch of other schools do it better, too. Unfortunately, we got to end rapidly here, but I'll talk with you all next week. Take care. Yep. Take care. Fantastic. Can't wait to hear you all doing Plan B. You'll get the same kind of feedback on that, and we will go from there. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back next week.